Welcome to The Grow Show, powered by Steel. On The Grow Show, we share ideas, tips, tactics, and insights to help you grow your landscaping business based on our team's 40 years of experience running a landscaping company and working with other owners and their teams to do the same. New episodes are released weekly on Wednesdays. Without further ado, here's your host, Marty Grunder. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever the case may be. This is Marty Grunder with another exciting edition of, yes, you guessed it, The Grow Show, powered by Steel. And today we have an awesome guest in studios with us, Emily Lindley, our event and content manager at The Grow Group. She also coordinates all of our marketing for Grunder Landscaping Company, which we, inside baseball here, as Vince likes to say, Emily, we call it the mothership because it's what drives us at the Grow Group. The fact that we run a landscaping company really helps us be relevant, relatable for our clients. But today we're going to talk about marketing, specifically the kind of marketing that the owners and leaders of landscaping companies should be engaged in. Talk to us about what we're doing because we are seeing that our leads are off. The last couple of years, for lack of a better word, we've done a lot of order taking. Like you can't find a contractor, people are scrambling everywhere and it hasn't been that hard to close. And we're definitely seeing in Southwest Ohio, our leads are off. So talk to us about what we have learned and what we're doing to to try to get some more sales done. Yeah, thanks, Marty. So I'll start with talking a little bit about the numbers specifically that we're watching that are telling us our leads are off because I think it's important for, for companies to know what they should be looking at. Our maintenance leads are doing okay. We're doing okay on maintenance work. A lot of those renewals are coming back good, which is great. It's our design build leads that are off. And what we're looking at that's telling us that they're off is not our schedule, right? It's not that we're booked out till June because we are booked out till June. But our design fees are off of what they've been in previous years, which tells us that we're not putting out enough proposals with those design fees built in to have work for the full year. So we're not in trouble yet, but we're looking ahead and we're looking at June, July, August and realizing that we've got some pretty big holes to fill in the design build schedule. And it's important for us to be doing the marketing now so that we're prepared for that when those months come. To elaborate on that a little bit, there's lagging indicators, which would be like a financial statement or results report or whatever. Then there's leading indicators. Leading indicators are things like design fees where we see they're off and we know they're off based on the last three years. We run Aspire. We have the greatest data aggregator in the industry telling us what we're doing, what we're not doing. We've got a dial on Aspire that tells us how much we've had in design fees. So we know we're behind and we're not going to say in August, oh gosh, I guess we were way off. We know we're behind and it's not just the lead counts because if we're not getting the fees for the large designs because we don't do free designs, we know way ahead of time, that's a precursor for about 12 months out. We got to hustle because some of these big projects we design, they're in plans for six to 12 months during COVID, 18 months to two years. Yeah. So the upside of it is is our clients aren't having to wait as long for work to be done. If you had called us at this time last year wanting a fire pit to be put in, you were it wasn't getting done last year. It was getting done this year. The upside is, you know, I can say things in our marketing now like, hey, you can have a fire pit by fall. We can say things like that again, which is great. It's great to be able to use messaging like that again and have have those lead times while they're not quite as friendly for us as a company, they are friendlier for our consumers. So it's a benefit we can talk about marketing. So 
to get us started, I thought we could share the three pieces that I feel like landscaping companies cannot live without in 2023, the three marketing pieces that that really you need to be making sure are buttoned up this year so that you can stand out from the competition and capture those leads to fill your schedule. Number one is postcards. Postcards have really been our bread and butter of marketing efforts at Grunder Landscaping for years. They were especially effective during COVID, but we're really not seeing a drop in their efficacy now either. We do a lot of residential work for design build. So that's part of what makes those work. And I'll touch a little bit on commercial work later and what we're doing to, to support and capture those leads. But for residential work, really, I don't think you can get anything that's more effective than postcards. To do them well, I think you need to do three things. Number one, you need to keep your text concise. So you need to be very thoughtful and methodical about what you are actually putting on the postcard. That's very important because what you put on the postcard, you're trying to get them to take that next step. Whatever that call to action is, you need them to take that step. Maybe it's calling. Maybe it's going to your website to learn more. Maybe it's heading to your Instagram page to see some pictures. Whatever that next step is, that's all the postcard needs to do. It just needs to get them to take that next step. One of the things, Emily, you know, we like to say about this, we think in reverse. So they've got the postcard, they have it in their hand. What do we want the prospect? Or it could even be a client. They, they could be a client that's never done a backyard project and they're going to do one. What do we want the client or prospect to say, to do, to think, to take action upon, to be enlightened about? You know, because it's a combination between the pictures and the words that get them to call to action. But it's these are good looking postcards. It's not just a cheap thing we have done up at FedEx Kinko's. Yes. And I think it's exactly what you're saying there, Marty. It's about making sure that we that we're clear when we're creating the piece, what we want them to do once they get it, because that helps inform what text you're going to put on there. I would much rather send out two separate mailings, two smaller lists each, one for hardscaping work, one for landscaping work, then try to do both in one piece. You have limited real estate on a postcard. So use it effectively. Make sure your offering's clear. Prioritize your message. If it's that we do quality work, if it's that we can fit you in faster than anybody else, whatever your your unique value proposition is, whatever a reason somebody's going to want to call you, that's what you need to prioritize on those postcards. For us at Grunder Landscaping, it's typically service and quality. Those are the two, the two main themes right. that, we, that we carry through. And just keep in mind, you don't need to sell the whole project on the single piece. If a postcard that costs, I don't know, a dollar to print and an extra 50 cents to mail could sell a $100,000 hardscaping job, I think we'd all be mailing postcards nonstop, right? You're still going to have to do work once the lead comes in. So just give them enough information that they're interested and they take that next step. So keep the text concise on the postcards. Yep. Yes. Use big images would be my next tip. I prefer big images that can really make a statement over a collage. The exception I would say is if you have really great before and after pictures, those can be really powerful in showing somebody you know, what's possible with the property that they already have that they might not consider on their own. We do very visual work, right? Landscaping is very, very visual. Use that to your advantage. Get either professional photos taken or just make sure that you are using colors and lots of colors and balancing it and have somebody professionally look over your images, even if they're shot on an iPhone. We've used iPhone shot images before. There's nothing wrong with them. It's a great camera on your iPhone. Just make sure that you're thinking it through and putting your best foot forward on the image. And then three... Always think about including a call to action. You should have a call to action on every marketing piece you put out. There's research that backs this. 
but don't forget one. It's easy to get into this. And then you, you mail out the postcard and you realize, oh my gosh, we didn't actually tell them what we wanted them to do. There's research. You can look it up online that shows when you tell people what you want them to do, they're much more likely to do it. So this applies to social media. It applies to everything you do, but have a call to action. For ours, it's usually get in touch somehow. Either it's call us or fill out the website form. We might put a QR code on there to make it easy for them as well. There's a few different options there. Just make it clear how you want them to contact you and what you want them to do next once they're finished. And Emily, you know, as I listened to you, you made a very good point when you started out and you talked about, you know, listen, it could be something like call us today and you can be roasting marshmallows this fall. That would be an excellent call to action because once somebody has made their mind up that they want to buy something, they want it now. It's not like, oh, I think I'm going to order a Domino's pizza. I call them and they'll say, well, next week. You're going to find someone else to make the pizza for you. So I think that was an excellent point you made to start on the postcards. Thank you. And I think, you know, that's a new message we're able to use this year that we couldn't use last year. So we're going to we're going to use it where we can. Good point. So the first was postcards. What's the second one? Second, I would say is door hangers. This is, again, not something new. It's something Grunder Landscaping has been using for a long, long time. It's especially effective when you're trying to build route density in residential neighborhoods because you can have your crews who are already out in those neighborhoods put door hangers on a couple of neighboring properties while they're out there. So we have two versions of them. We have one that's for design build work and one that's for maintenance work. The design build one would go up before the job starts. It says pardon our dust. So it's a little way of us saying, you know, sorry, we might it might be a little messy in here while we do our work, but it's also a way of introducing ourselves to the neighbors. And kind of pointing out, hey, we're here and you can see us work. You can see what this looks like for yourself. And hopefully we get some calls from that as well. Those have both been very effective to us. The same three tips that I shared on postcards are going to apply here. Again, keep the text concise, use big images, and include a call to action on the postcards or on the door hangers. You know what I love the most about door hangers? What? Well, there's two things. Number one, they're extremely inexpensive. Yes. And you are hitting a prospect, I would say 95% of the time, the door you're hanging that hanger on is somebody that there's a high probability they're going to think about calling you because you're already in the neighborhood working on the residential side. We don't use door hangers on the commercial side. This is strictly residential. So we've gone over postcards. We've gone over door hangers. What's the next one, Em? Next up is website. And I think this is the opportunity if you do commercial work, this is really where I would focus your time. Making sure your digital presence is up to snuff is really important. More and more millennials are your decision makers. You know, we are past the point where people can say, you know, I just I just don't want to work with millennials. They are the homeowners, they are the decision makers in commercial facilities. They they are the people you're selling to now and they expect you to have a digital presence. And if you don't, they're going to question your professionalism a little bit. And it's just going to be one more reason they might choose. You know what? Else. I would say not a little bit. I would say a lot that you're not a legitimate enough business that you don't have a website. I know some companies just use Instagram. I just don't think that's a good idea. And I am a big proponent of your website should be easy to update and easy for you to maintain. It does not need to be expensive and it does not need to be complicated. We are not we're not selling anything that's too complicated direct on the website. You don't even have to have an online store because all you really need is a lead gen form that's going to get people to contact you. You just need to provide some information, which those are pretty simple websites to set up and host. So the things I would watch for on a website is making sure that it's adaptive, which means that it resizes the screen based on what device they're on. 
So it looks good on mobile, but it will also look good on desktop. If your website isn't adaptive, it's probably time for a redesign. That's a pretty, it's pretty out of date by now if it's not adaptive. There are DIY web hosting platforms that are really easy to use and really easy to update on your own. Hosts like Squarespace or Shopify are designed for small businesses that do not have technical skills on their team. So they there's some something that somebody with basic internet skills is going to be able to figure out and make something that looks pretty nice using the templates that are available there. And they're not super expensive. You don't need to spend a ton of money if you don't want to on your website to have it still look nice and be professional. The other thing I would say is do common sense SEO work. So don't stuff your web pages full of keywords. Don't put white text on your pages that has all these keywords listed on it. That is not going to work anymore. Google is smarter than that now. But for example, be cognizant of what words people are searching when they're looking for your services. So for example, Grunder Landscaping, we call our maintenance program Landkeeping. But when somebody's Googling looking for a landscaper for maintenance work, they're Googling landscape maintenance, maybe commercial landscape maintenance, maybe snow removal, something like that. We want to make sure that those words organically are on our pages. So just look over your pages, see what words are on there and make updates where it makes sense. If our listeners have a website, they're busy, they don't know how to do this. There's consultants, at least in my experience, that are very affordable in this area. And you need to think about how a client or a prospective client might look you up. And so, for example, if you go to Google right now and enter landscaping, Dayton, Ohio, and you don't see Grunder Landscaping popping up, would you please call me? Because it's supposed to be doing that. So it's kind of like the basic things there. When you talk about the simplicity of it. It's just some basic things there, I think is what you're saying. Exactly. And for commercial maintenance, it's equally as important. So saying words that your property, the property managers are using when they're looking for a contractor is important. So just try to think like your client and use the words that they would use, especially online. But really, that's a great tip for any marketing piece you're creating. That is very beneficial for me to hear that because as you know, I've been running this business 40 years now almost. And we just take things for granted. We have a nomenclature that we use that is, you know, you've even had to learn it, okay? And I'm sure I still say things once in a while where you're like, wait, what does that mean? We don't want to do a whole lot of what does that mean and lose our lose prospects because they can't follow along. Exactly. Even something like hardscaping, right? Everybody in the industry knows what hardscaping is. But is your client Googling hardscaping project or are they Googling how to put in a patio? That's a good differentiator too, thinking about what they're actually searching for. Anything else on the website? The same tips that we talked about with postcards and door hangers are really going to carry through. You've got to keep your text concise. Use images that reflect the work you want to be doing. If you don't want to do water features anymore, stop putting pictures of water features on your website. Those little changes can help you drive more of the leads that you want to see. And then listing all the services you provide, that can help with both SEO and with clients knowing before they call you that that you are a fit for them and what they're looking for. That's also very important. Well, Emily, it's been great having you today. A little bit of a recap. Postcards, door hangers, a website. I heard you say, you know, good, simple context, good images, a call to action. Call now. Your snow removal worries will be away this, this winter. Focus your time on making sales, not if your lot's clear. Whatever it is, give some thought. I think also that mindset of what do we want the prospect or the client to do, to say, to think, to take action upon. 
the more solutions you have to their problems and you can turn them back towards on the residential side, enjoying my backyard with my family, not working in the yard, but playing golf, commercial side, working on making sales, working on my manufacturing plant, not if my snow removal guy showed up or the flowers were planted in the three pots on the front porch of the office because the owner really likes them. Taking a walk in the shoes of our prospects and clients and really being a solution to problems. Yeah, I think you got it all, Marty. And I'm excited to see all the marketing pieces that companies are coming up with because I think we're having to be a little more creative and we're going to see some great pieces coming out of this season. Well, if you've never been to Grow, Grow is in Des Moines, Iowa. It's next February 6th, 7th, and 8th. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Correct. And Emily will be teaching another session on marketing there. Emily's done it the last two years. She'll be in here once a month talking about marketing. Marketing's a key part of your toolbox, folks. But I think the danger is we get too sophisticated with it. I mean, we're telling you an almost 40-year-old business that postcards work. I'm telling you on the residential side, they work. We have the numbers to prove it. When we need backlog, we send out postcards. So we took 32 leads. I don't know if you saw that, Emily, on the Aspire Dash, where we took 32 leads on Monday after the postcard went out. That's a lot of leads for us. I mean, we have seven salespeople. We're not a, you know, we're not a $300 million year company. We're a $12 million year company. So there's a lot there. Final words before we sign off? I don't think so, Marty. Thanks for your time today. All right, Emily. It's great to work with you. You're a lot of fun. You do a great job. Emily Lindley, the event and content manager from the Grow Group and our marketing assistant at Grunder Landscaping. She's joined us today on the Grow Show, powered by Steel. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Grow Show. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and head to growgroupinc.com for more information and resources to grow your landscaping business. A special thanks to the folks at Steel, whose support makes this podcast possible and whose reliable handheld power equipment makes our jobs easier daily. We'll talk to you next week.